Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, standing six foot two, 287 pounds. Big dinner last night. He's the number one fuck boy, Johnny G. All you gotta do is trust me. Jackson Maine, joining me in the High and Mighty studios, he's actually in here, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout. He's just licking his paws. It's either allergies or his compulsion. All right. Also joining me in the Heidi Mighty Studios, first time guest. I've done his podcast. He's a fucking cool ass dude from the Blamo Podcast. It's Jeremy Kirkland. Oh, my God. And I'm out. <laughs> and I'm completely tapped. <laughs> the, the nectar of the gods. Oh. <laughs> uh, everyone should have to watch that live at some point just to see the amount of actual physical effort I put in there <laughs> without yeah. leaving the chair. I There's am a serious exhausted. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it is an absolute pleasure and honor. Oh, God. Wow. It's a pleasure what to have joy. you here. We first fucking... Uh, Chopped it up on your podcast, which is still uh, not released yet. Maybe by the time this comes out. Yes. But uh, but your your background, I, I want to get right into it because I'm I'm because this is something I don't know about you. We have mutual friends, so I know some stuff f- through our mutuals. Uh, shout out Adam Pally. But yeah, you were. Uh, how do you? How did you get involved in fashion? At, like clothes like what, what was your what was your way in you've you mentioned some stuff in passing and i've listened to your pod so i know a little bit but for yeah. my listeners talk talk me through a little bit about how you get how do, how does one get into that uh because well, i feel thanks. like men's fashion is hip now but yes. ha- like in the last few years but hasn't been for a long i mean always was obviously but it wasn't like zeitgeisty it didn't feel cool or young for a long time no, I you're right. I think I think more and more recently thanks to to be honest like people like you that are just like gods in the comedy world that are like paying more attention to that stuff 
now it's like maybe it's more like people like yasser and pally and uh cool well-dressed comedians well i don't know but uh, like (laughs) but i feel like like many people i say early on in so there's i i'll kind of like go over a history of this while i'm chatting um a lot of this started thanks to uh dope guy named lawrence schlossman who uh at the time was running a Tumblr, I think called Sartorially Inclined. Actually, no, that's a lie. It was a blog spot. And Whoa, um, okay. yeah, he was super into bean boots. And this was all around the time where everyone was really into like men's clothes. And this is like maybe 2006, seven, you know? And so like, it was all kind of started initially by a guy named Michael Williams, who had started like the first you know, cool, not nerdy menswear blog called A Continuous Lean. And Michael Williams, shout out to God, like he was the one, you know, he had come from a PR background, but he was really dead set on the whole concept of like buy less, but buy better and buying, buying American. And like, you know, it's funny because there were little pockets of the internet before this that were very much into fashion, but those folks from places like Super Future, which was like Ninja Techwear and super rare Japanese denim that you would like email some guy and he would go wait in line and send it to you and mark the customs low and like all that stuff. <laughs> and then you had like Style Forum, which was great, but it was predominantly a lot of like rich white dudes who would argue over like what release Alden was going to do over like a cordovan loafer, which is like a <laughs> horse butt loafer that's like shined and you know whatever. So like I mean, he, I'm well aware. Maybe that was helpful for the listeners. But a yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. me, a guy who wears flip flops and vibrams all the time, I'm pretty Hell aware yeah. of what you're talking. About. <laughs> so like you had like so you had those little pockets, but then I think Michael Williams was the person that brought it mainstream. And he's, I mean, by the way, he's still around. Like he, you know, I think he's migrated to Substack now. Like he still has his site and, you know, but he was the one who was getting the menswear and the Americana sort of resurgence happening like in the New York Times. And Lawrence Schwassman was the person who was writing it, but like was a peer. And like he, he was cool because, you know, he's not was like, he's still around. Like he was speaking about fashion the way that someone who didn't know about it, but really liked it would so it wasn't about like any special sort of phrases or or um, like overly understanding all the cuts and tailoring like yeah that's that's the person i always need to get me into something like not the super informed wine person i need the excited wine person and like that's like enough for me to like draft off of and i've learned i've learned that like that is the amount of knowledge i i need in order to get involved with something is just like i just need someone that's like look i i don't know what a fu- what malbec means but those are my favorites you know <laughs> yeah, like poor, I, exactly. I don't yeah i don't know what uh periwinkle is but let me get uh i'm gonna say the hat in that color i know so little about that. let me get a periwinkle bucket hat thank you michael williams it's like no that's not that's not what we're talking about <laughs> but yeah but like lawrence it was cool because he you know i would say like And he didn't pretend he knew everything, but he was just super into all of it. And I think he was that perfect person that kind of like set the bridge apart of people who are passionate and people um, who knew a bunch. And so like because he also would kind of like almost 
play dumb at times where he would just be like, oh, I don't fucking know about these, but they're dope. People were like, oh, great. Like, I can like this too. I don't need to know about whether or not Frank Sinatra wore the Hollywood waist in the night, you know, in this era or this era to wear these or to like these things. And what was crazy is he talked about all of these other designers in a way that they never knew or understood. And like, and so like he like brought them into cool by just like, you know, like by making jokes about their names um, and like, like giving it translating the, the brands yes. for like a larger uh, uh, market, like sort of just being like, uh, yeah, Japanese raw denim, whatever. That just means high quality G like it's worth it for the, the color or whatever, like kind of. I, I this is something I always pride myself on. Like I have a, a very good skill set of like learning something and then explaining it to idiots. Like I have a very good like layman's. Go. Uh, I so anyone who's doing that in any field, uh, especially in like uh, creative fields, like that shit rules. Like someone who's articulating what we like about fashion without having to say like. Uh, you know, like without without being it being snooty and lording over you of like translating it because a lot of these high end art stuff, uh, whether it's fashion, music, whatever, it does feel a little like you're you're not allowed to be part of it. So anyone who's just like, look, this is how classical music works. It fucking slaps Tchaikovsky, <laughs> whatever, go nuts. You know, like just someone who kind of like breaks it down and makes you feel uh, like because sometimes you feel like you can't enjoy wine unless you're super informed or you yeah. can't dress well unless you know who designed that or who did that or whatever. It's like, no, if you like something, you can just buy it and wear it like that. That's all that matters. Right. Yeah. Ex- I mean, exactly. <laughs> and like so like Lawrence would talk about like Polo and Ralph Lauren stuff by just being like, yeah, when King Ralph was making this sort of thing. And like and I think a lot of it was influenced because he was super into this uh, rap blog called Cocaine Blunts, which was like <laughs> the early, early um, like rap pitchfork style thing. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, Cocaine Blunts was like a crazy thing. And so he was talking about that, about clothes and like totally like bridging the gap. You had that, and then you had people like Mordecai Rubenstein, who's Mr. Mort, who would go around and take pictures of people. This is pre-Instagram, so he was using like Tumblr at the time. All of this originated on Tumblr. And he would be taking pictures of just like random dudes on the street. Um, Like, you know, most of the time it'd be like old guys, like old Jewish guys or like old people in Queens or whatever it was, but like someone in New York just wearing, you know, or like people in construction outfits like people living their life and he would always like write like beauty in the everyday uniform. And so you had this like this like perfect storm of everything is cool. It's all about authenticity. It's all about, you know, being original and true to yourself. It turned into this kind of like mental health wave, right? Because it was just like, all you have to do is just like these things. And if you like it unabashedly, therefore you are cool and you have style. Dude. That that is what I've harnessed for the first time in my life in the last few years. Uh, like people will joke that like, or friends of mine will be like, "Looks like you found your style." Yes, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that feels like an insane sentence to say." But what you're saying is, I find like I stopped caring about what was cool. And I just started caring about what I thought was cool or how I wanted to dress. Yeah. And, the second I started dressing how I wanted to dress, which is arguably like a child, people are like, "You're, he's got a great sense of fashion. This guy knows how to dress. And I'm like, 
I've been trying to dress for so long and failing, and now I'm just like, well, these are the short shorts, the Toms, and the Hawaiian shirt and puka shell necklace I want to wear. And people are like, bold style, brother. And I'm like, oh, shit, okay. And it truly is that sort of like, and uh, the uh, beauty in the everyday uniform, that the, the idea of like, if you like it, and you wear it and it makes you feel better then you're succeeding and fa- then fashion is doing its job at that moment like if if yeah. you feel good about what you're wearing at, like then that's that's the end goal of fa- the end goal of fashion is not to someone to be like dope jacket it's so yeah. that you it's so you feel awesome in your dope jacket yeah yeah i mean and it, it was cool to to see all of that stuff and like that's still evolving now you know cuz i feel like especially now where like clothes and style like as a whole i mean you look at like balenciaga which is supposed to be like the hottest dopest brand and it's like not really anything that like you point a finger at and you're like that's balenciaga a lot of it is i like it's ironic stuff like virgil abloh who is you know really like absolutely like broken the whole glass ceiling of like men's fashion and stuff not just being you know like the first african-american designer that's run louis vuitton but going from one of kanye west like entourage members to basically guiding the entire world of high fashion <laughs> um that's so know. fucking nuts also this is the <laughs> this is the first episode of high and mighty where specifics are being launched that i don't have one fucking modicum of like normally you know it's talking oh, we movies. can sidebar anytime you want so no 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 okay. i just love it i love jargon i love names that i like proper nouns that i don't know so like i know what balenciaga is solely from like photos and friends referencing it but uh what was the dude's name that you just dropped the oh. Virgil Abloh. Virgil Abloh. So he he's the creative director of Louis Vuitton. He also um, before that had started a brand called Off White, and before that had started a brand called uh, Pyrex Vision. Which shout out to um, Union in LA. They were like the first brand. uh, Chris Gibbs, who's like probably the godfather of uh, like streetwear style you know well like <laughs> who created you know who basically helped launch like the best retail still out of la uh that's so, like, union the na- union, union is the best union la yeah and chris gibbs is just like he's this is a cool thing where it's you know it's a, like sidebar like you, when you get to a certain level of cool you don't have to do anything anymore because you like have accomplished so much with your like notoriety and like resume that people speak about you in ways of just like underground, like high praise. You never have to make an appearance. You don't have to make anything. People are just like, you started all of it. It all comes back to you. That's so oh, good for him. That's the move, right? Set it and forget it and just yeah, reap, the, reap the benefits. Yeah. Uh, that's so right. Oh, so streetwear. When we're yeah. saying streetwear, we just mean like men's clothes that isn't necessarily uh, f- uh, business that isn't for business. That's yeah, necessary, I think, quote unquote. Yes, yeah, even though wear, business clothes has been blown up in in the two thousands, and then even more specifically post pandemic, where it's like, oh shit, I'm yeah. not wearing a fucking shirt and tie to a meeting ever <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, maybe a wedding, maybe an award show, but never a fucking again. Am I putting one on? <laughs> yeah, like the the concept of streetwear, it's not a like pejorative or demeaning term at all. Right. It's more of like these are clothes that you would wear on the street. And initially people associated streetwear with things like Supreme and Bathing Ape. And Mm -hmm. um, a lot of like skate culture was based around streetwear. 
uh, like Tyler, I live the creator by fa- in the I live future. by Fairfax uh, in yeah, uh, yeah, you Los it. Angeles, so I'm uh, well aware. You know, I just want to go get my fried chicken or my burrito, but I do see lines of people buying rip and dip crew necks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I like that's my that was my uh, entree into that streetwear culture was just like living near. I'm like, oh, there's this strip of cool shit by my house. Let me go walk by it. I'm like. What are all these? This place has six sneakers inside of it, and it's two a, a thousand square feet. Like, oh, what yeah. are people buying at it? And it was just like that's what that's when I first felt old. But then, as I learned more about it, and it was like this is cool sweatpants to wear with a cool. I'm like, I, I thought, oh man, I feel old and out of touch. And all of a sudden, I was like, wait, no, actually, this is the kind of fashion I like. Wait, we're telling me it's not restrictive ass fucking uh, suit jackets and shit. We're talking. And I got so I like like the vibe that that exists where it's like, yeah, this guy's balling out in his like uh, sweatsuit that works perfectly on him. I'm like, yes, that's the <laughs> shit. I That's the shit I need to see is people looking awesome in fucking sweatsuits or I mean, yeah. in like they're in like, quote unquote, non work clothes. Right. Like, I mean, we all have insane jobs, so it doesn't like work clothes is a weird expression. But like, well, no. Yeah, I know. Hats. You, you know what I mean? Like baseball caps. Like, like that's never really fat was never really fashion in my childhood because fashion was like always like suits and sw- gq and like i guess yeah. in my gq like steered what men's fashion was in my head you know yeah like it was like three suit pictures oh badass maybe one like with a leather bracelet driving a convertible in like the desert and then like <laughs> one like one like big ass sweater and like you know like a weird crouchy pose or something mm-hmm. like that that was like what i thought fashion was forever and then in like the last 10 years it kind of blew up for me in a way where i'm like oh shit like a tie-dye t-shirt is high like can be high fashion now which is just like it that intrigues me more than anything you know what i mean like just like everything art wise it's like well guess what it's not just the six fucking bourgeois making it anymore we blew it up anyone can make it anyone could wear it it's for everybody now bad news you know, people who are trying to keep this a closed loop. Everyone's making T-shirts and they're cooler than the shit you got going on up there. Like, right? they, it's just it like democratizes everything in a cool way. I mean, yeah. and then eventually it all just re-silo into like major court, like as brands just buy each other up and become fucking the Netflix of streetwear. And just well, do- exactly. <laughs> and I think that's the thing that happened is like the dynamite into all of this was hype culture that came up and hype being the fact that you know, a lot of people kind of connect the dots back to things like Supreme, but it, even before that, it was more like Jordans, right? Like super limited Jordans that where there weren't many. And so if you wanted them, you know, and so the perfect storm of the internet and limited release, you know, clothing. So at the time was like Supreme into which now you had people waiting in line, like what you were talking about on Fairfax, buying it. Then in some cases, like, cause you know, I was in, in Soho all the time watching this because when I first used to go to Supreme, which was just a skateboarding store, right? Um, <laughs> it was just stuff for skate culture. There was no lines. You just walk, walk in, you bought whatever you want. And over time they started, you know, thanks to I think Odd Future probably like made it really, really big in terms of like more mainstream. But like Tower the Creator and those guys, they were all into Supreme and Supreme would do limited release things. And so you'd have people waiting in line to buy it. Then you'd have people walking out of the store, maybe like 30 feet, selling it to somebody like, you know, like there'd a 500 percent markup. <laughs> absolutely. You know, and it's funny <laughs> so- because like people were like, man, fuck, you know, fuck Supreme for doing all this stuff. And it's like. 
they're you're doing exactly what they're doing do you think they, like they're making money off you you're making money off them i mean and it turned into this like weird sort of like capitalistic nightmare <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. It's like Supreme, I guess, could mark it up 500% and probably still sell it. You might be harder flipping that uh, white T-shirt with a red bar on it for, yeah. for, for fucking 900 bucks. But we're all fucking benefiting from that sketchiness. Yeah. yeah. And then like we've Nike created caught the, on. We've created that economy. Like the people, clothes shoppers have created that economy. Yeah. And so <laughs> the, then you had like brands like or like websites like Grailed, which was like a, a – kind of a consignment reselling sort of app. I mean, they wouldn't hold it for you, but like you could take pictures. It was basically like streetwear Etsy, right? So like you could yeah. take pictures of all the stuff you have. Now there's Depop um, and now there's StockX, which actually is like a little bit more like tech behind it in which it'll show you like the stock price of like the value of the clothing that you've purchased or not. So it'll be like, man, like Jordan 3s are really hot right now. And what's crazy is you think- Buy low, this- sell high yeah, is right? also true for socks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then you connect this to celebrity culture, to people like, to be honest, like Kanye West, basically what whether he wanted to or not, like was really running the whole, you know, Kanye West, a ton of other rappers. Now you have Travis Scott and a lot of other folks, but like really it was Kanye at the beginning. And he, you know, so like Kanye wore some shoes. I remember like the Watch the Throne tour, all the clothes that they were wearing. You know, Kanye was wearing like a leather kilt. Um, it was a lot of Givenchy I remember stuff. that. Yeah, yeah I remember it was that. a lot of the Rottweiler. Um, so like Ricardo Tishy, who was the creative director of Givenchy at the time. And like, so he's making all this stuff. He's making, you know, the, the custom clothes for them. And now people are buying it. And then, you know, Kanye would be wearing a Supreme thing. It would be all black or... Um, he'd wear like Hater, Ackerman or all these brands. And so you had the perfect storm of the internet, celebrity culture, the ease of purchasing things on the internet, and then everyone now selling their things online. So like uh, to, to compare the two, because you uh, or uh, to analogize the two, you mentioned yeah. sort of Jordan's being the beginning of like that sh- street uh, of hype beast of limited release kind of flip. Yeah, and that's can, like 90s era stuff. Yeah, yeah. Ni- we can kind of track it like athletes in the 90s to shoes <laughs> are what like artists are to uh, streetwear now. Like, yeah. you know, you like get locked in. Oh, I got to get the Reggie Miller Spaldings. Now it's like, <laughs> oh, shit. Did you see, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Lil, like Yachty, Lil Yachty yeah. rocked blank in the on that tour. We got to get those like and that's such a. I love I love to find another way for artists to make money, which is if they're getting a slice or getting some free clothes out of it. I'm happy. I'm happy for them. You know, anything that takes it away from corporations and gives it to people, even yeah. if the people are millionaires already. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Travis Scott is not hard up for cash, but, yeah, I hear you. but I'd still rather I'd rather give twenty dollars in Travis Scott's hand than in Adidas's hands for some Heard. whatever reason. Agreed. Like, yeah. that's my logic working. Where <laughs> There's probably like a poor kid who's like an entry level employee at Adidas. who's <laughs> like, are you motherfucker? You really get yeah. What about me? I'm Adidas, bitch. All day I dream about twenties. Uh, the uh, but like that's that's just a whole nother way. And I, I've noticed that change. Like when when I was coming up, it'd be like I really like this band or this this type of music, and they have like a style associated with it. So I'm going to like maybe wear a bowling shirt while I listen to the you know, or I'm gonna wear a yeah. suit suit and throw on squirrel nut zippers, or I'm gonna dress. <laughs> Dress, I'm gonna wear Jankos and listen to 311, or I'm mm. gonna wear my Mark Echo uh, fucking hockey jersey and and listen to the, the Chronic or whatever. Like, it, it, my childhood was that was, and now I feel like 
it's gotten so individualized that you could obviously put everyone's pulling from everything to develop their own style, but you could also go to one person. And you can yeah. be like, and th- like back then it would be like, yeah, sort of hip hop people dress like this skaters dress. And now it's like, you can go to like one singular person and there's and uh, and like emulate their style or arguably with these celebrities, even their own brand of fashion. Like you just like pull these people and you're like, oh shit, I want to dress like so-and-so or like, oh, Oscar Isaac looks dope. I should copy everything he's wearing. Like, she, yeah, I don't recommend that unless you look anything like Oscar Isaac. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. You got, you got to be dope as hell to look you like You got to see me in Jeremy in some of these mock neck sweaters that Oscar Isaacs wear. For some reason, we don't. It doesn't look the same on us. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There's Something's a, different. I don't think it's the sweater per se. But yeah, there's always been that joke, like on like message boards and stuff, and it would be like, you know, what you think you look like versus what you actually look like, and it would be like someone wearing, you know. Uh, like a cool shirt and it'd be like Brad Pitt and Fight Club and then be like what you actually look like it's <laughs> yeah. like just the person like holding the camera at the wrong angle and it's out of focus <laughs> I think about that when like fat guys wear sports jerseys like when it's like of a of a smaller athlete like you know just like a a, a, a fat dude in a Starks Knicks jersey growing up and you'd be like yeah I don't know man that doesn't feel like it meant like it felt it, you, I don't think do you think you look like John Starks like I don't like just as a heads up get just slap a Yankees hat on and be Derek Jeter. You you need to back it up a little bit, Captain. <laughs> I'm all I'm all body positive, but I, yeah, like same. I, oh, same. That was oh, just no, a, no, ro- I know what you mean. a roast growing up of like I I look like Jason Seahorn in Jason Seahorn's jersey, and my uh, <laughs> friends being like, "No, you don't, man." <laughs> yeah, you're wearing fucking corduroy sh- uh, shorts with it. You do not look like an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> and to like circle back, that's I think where things really blew up even more is because then you had online like blogging and influencer culture. So you had. You know, like, so. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, like, I had a blog way back in the day. Lawrence had a blog. So, there was Start Tutorial Incline. There was a Continuous Lean. Um, I had one called Start with Typewriters, which is just stupid. Whatever. Fuck it. I deleted it off the internet. Good luck finding it. <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, and now everyone's turned into either like podcasts or um, just like Instagram, right? Like, people use Instagram as like mood boards and whatever. But what's really cool, and this is where I think it's blown up, has been, to be honest, like, people like, you, people like Pally, like Yasser, like a lot of, and even other stylists, right? Because now everything's okay. Everything's cool. You just got to be confident. And so now you see people like, like, I mean, I, you know, we've known to, to talk about Pally for a minute. Like he doesn't like, he's not trying to be a style guy. Like no. Pally's a fucking great, you know, comedic actor and genius, but he's wearing clothes and he feels good and therefore now he's a style guy and Powie's style is dope as fuck and so it's yeah. just like you know like there you go like that's that's the that's the vibe and like with you because even when you were talking you're like oh you know people were talking to me and they're saying you know that I found my style and it's like no 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 you found your confidence right you're wearing whatever the fuck you want you look great you got like supersized like hackers glasses you, you know you you got the speedo vibe and all that and what's cool is because of Instagram because of everything else maybe it's good maybe it's bad now it's on like mood boards and it's saved across everywhere you know like yeah it and that's where i think is like the best the best world, you know, I mean, because there's Look, influences so, from everywhere and everyone loves it. Social media is the devil, but yes, <laughs> there, there's some excite, like, you know, the devil has some good ideas. That's how he gets us hooked on the idea of Satanism. But uh, <laughs> Instagram, Instagram has been great for that, because if you just and, and because of sort of the new economy of tagging. 
yeah. of like, hey, uh, so, uh, hey, X amount of level of celebrity, we'd love to send you insert product here for a tag. <laughs> and then you're <laughs> like, oh, true. okay. But I'm following specific product. I'm f- following specific celebrity because I like their style. And if they're not absolute whores for their uh, for money, which I'm not against either, but some of the people I follow are clearly <laughs> t- oh, yeah. trying to get free stuff. But then there are some people who <laughs> whose styles are tailored enough that when they, prom- I'm like, oh, f- that's I'm finding brands that way. It's sort of like, uh, like. When digital uh, streaming first started and you'd be like, search Martin Scorsese and like just see all his movies and be like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to watch all the Martin Scorsese. Like now you could be like, oh, and then you click on the clothing line and it drops and it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is cool. And I would never have known about it if fucking, uh, you know, Ike Barinholtz didn't post this cool sweater or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like Just like the, the way you can randomly learn so much. And it's like he just tags this, you know, like I like. I like a lot of the old beach clothes. Uh, like I grew up wearing Billabong and Quicksilver and I maybe I'm in like a nostalgic moment. I'm back wearing a lot of that stuff again and I fucking love it. And I bought this Birdwell shirt, which is a cool little surf company out here on the West Coast. And it was like Birdwell X Noah. Uh, yeah. like, so Noah's like a cool hit. And I don't know this. Pally goes, Pally gives me a hat to wear when we're out one day and it's a Noah. I'm like, oh, cool, Noah. I have like a shirt from Noah. He's like, you have a Noah shirt? And I was like, well, I bought hey, it at a surf cool, shop. But it was <laughs> I bought it because it was yellow and long sleeve at a surf shop. Just so happens to, by accident, be kind of cool. I was very proud of myself, but that was one of the moments when I realized I wasn't picking it because of the... And then I was like, oh. And then I look up Noah and I'm like, oh, they make cool shit like their stuff is cool yeah. and it's not all the same style of shirt i got but i was very like, long island by the way too noah's all about long island brendan oh fuck. brendan's from like there you go i had no idea all right, see <laughs> all right now i'm gonna spend i'm gonna spend a fortune this afternoon <laughs> hey noah you make double x <laughs> good <laughs> send away baby I'll, ta- I'll tag whatever the fuck you want me to tag <laughs> but like well and this is the cooler part too because so not to get all history teacher, but like comedians always have like pushed culture forward by laughing at it. Right. Like from, you know, religion to uh, po- politics, all of that stuff. And when you take an initial thing like fashion, which is all about stuffiness, which honestly is all about exclusivity. Right. Like fashion back in the day was a way to, to, to say you were rich. Like right. you wore these clothes because I had this money. You can't. It's made for me. Um, it's a way to delineate who's allowed into the castle and who's not. It's like, exactly. like yeah, oh, you're not coming to the party because you're not dressed like a fucking pompous freak like the rest yeah. of us. <laughs> and so, but like once more comedians were getting into that and like talking about that, now everyone's making fun of it and laughing at it. Therefore, it's all cool. Like, and I think like that's the biggest thing with with like, I would say almost any cultural moment is when like comedy entered the picture and found a way to find the humor and the irony in it and turn it into something that you could laugh at and enjoy versus something you would look at and be like, Oh, I, I can't wear these clothes because, because like, you know, one of the, so I used to be a stylist for a bunch of folks for a while. And a lot of times I work with people and the first thing they'd say is like, Oh, like Jeremy, you think I could pull it off? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like you can, no one should ever wear, ever say that ever again. You can pull off anything you want. You put yeah. it on. There is no concept of like pulling it off, air quote. Like it's just 
wear it. And because you're you, I'm like, you're in movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You tell people you're pulling it off by the way yeah. you put it on. There and walk- you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not physically comfortable in it, it you will not pull it off. If you, if Touché. You, True. If you look... If you if you can mentally go like I like the way this looks on me, then you've pulled it off already. Like that's all that matters. If you like the way you look, you're winning. You stay winning if you like yeah. the way you look. No matter what that means. If you do if you do like the way you look in like a stained t-shirt, you probably can wear that well and carry it well because that's what you Eat, like. And the especially way, yeah. if it's stained the band t-shirt. Because, oh fuck yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> D-A-I-N-D. <laughs> no E, baby. It's been a while. Uh, is is that a is that a wild job? Because that's something like that's something I have in my mind of like if I'm ever actually going places in this business, I'm gonna need somebody to buy clothes for me because I love I like dressing cute, but I do not like trying on clothes. That's like a holdover from being a heavy child, I guess, and it's like still Same. in my mind being just like rejected by clothes constantly. Of like, nope. The zipper doesn't close, you know. Nope, can't button yep. it. Next if one. If someone says like, husky to me, I go nuclear. <laughs> I just melt down. Oh, my waist size is longer than my legs. I'm sorry. What do okay? you mean H? I don't want to wear H. I swear oh, to God, whoever I, invented husky, I, I don't like you. I hated that fucking section. My mom be like, go look at the husky section to see if they have any nautica pants. The fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm so miserable. It's true. God damn, oh, it's awful. The holiday season is here, and it comes with yearly questions of, what should I wear to a non-ugly sweater party? How do I maximize my time savoring holiday moments and minimize my time shopping for gifts? Well, fear not, weary holiday wanderer. Mack Weldon has all the answers. Office party, party with friends, holiday party, your couch, watch a game. Whatever it is, Mack Weldon has all the essentials to keep you stylish and comfortable throughout the season with their innovative daily wear system, which you've heard me talk about before. But let's talk specifically about their ace sweatpants and sweatshirts uh and the warm knit collection it's perfect for holiday routine and for holiday gifts top-notch tops best-selling bottoms underwear and accessories that will please even the scroogiest guy on your list with mac weldon um Comfortable sweatpants rule, and especially sweatpants that don't look like you are a slob. So when I got Mack Weldon's Ace Collection, oh, they are super soft, high-performance fabric, and they look good. I wear them on planes all the time. Got a big flight coming up next week. Plan to have my Ace uh, sweatpants on. Um, I have not rocked the warm-knit collection stuff yet, but I trust everything Mack Weldon puts out as I wear everything else, so I'm looking forward to... I did order uh, a warm-knit pajama pants and a shirt, so I'm curious. I'm looking forward to trying those. I'll have uh, a review for the next ad, but highly recommend check them out and review it and send it to me. And then there's gift sets, one gift that holds many gifts inside, and Mack Weldon's got gift sets. So if if you're scrambling for a guy in your life, get them a Mack Weldon, and... You can get a little discount, okay? Because this holiday season, every guy deserves to wear unforgettable clothes that he loves for moments with loved ones that he'll never forget. So get 20% off your first order by visiting MacWeldon.com slash high and enter promo code high. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com slash high. Promo code high for 20% off Mac Weldon. Get it right this holiday season. Plant peep. Plant people. Yes, I'm here to talk to you about adaptogens again or functional mushrooms. They're in everything lately. 
And what they're real, what they're specifically in, of course, is the uh, Wonder Day mushroom gummies. You've heard me talk about them before on this pod. They're the world's first mushroom multi that combines the power of ten research-backed adaptogenic mushrooms, including all your classics. I'll get to those eventually. Um, I enjoy the flavor big time. I just had two before I recorded this ad because they sit next to my computer. I sat down to record my ad, saw my Wonder Day mushroom gummies, popped them. Ooh, that Swedish fish flavor. I got to say, I'm a, I'm a fan. I feel like it's one of those like background supplements. and I, I don't fully notice anything, but I am doing better these days. Maybe it's because I boosted my mood with Lion's Mane and Shaga or reduced stress and find calm with Shaga and Rishi, or I increased my energy levels with Cordyceps and Maitake or improved focus with Lion's Mane and Cordyceps. Nourish your gut microbiota with Turkey Tail and Rishi. Turkey Tail Mushroom is a funny name. Wonder Day gummies are 100% vegan and made from USA cultivated functional mushrooms from family farms of exceptional quality. All of plant people's products are third-party lab tested for purity, DNA verification, active compounds, heavy metals, pesticides, and microbial activity. Happiness 100% guaranteed. Love them or get your money back. So go to try.plantpeople.co slash mighty to get 15% off your first order with code MIGHTY. That's T-R-Y dot P-L-A-N-T-P-E-O-P-L-E dot uh, C-O slash M-I-G-H-T-Y. Uh, that's try.plantpeople.co slash MIGHTY. Love feeling wonderful or your money back. What's that like uh, styling someone? What's that like shopping for clothes for someone else like as a clothes person that must be a little thrilling to spend other people's money on clothes like getting to get the rush of finding cool shit but not having to tap into your own checking account that's probably a little bit of a fun there but then is there a little bit of like do you have to get yourself in the in your client's headspace like how, how does how does that work i'm curious or or is it like a barber it's like what are we doing with you today and you're like well i want to do this you're like i don't know with your head shape you might want to do blank like do you i have would like a say little it's back more the, the barber stuff because like so some people so i'd work with you know one actor or whatever and he would be like hey um i'm i'm doing this movie i'm doing this press tour whatever and these are the things that I like. And most of the time you talk to someone and you'd be like, what, what do you enjoy? Like, what, what makes you comfortable? Who are other people that you look up to? And so in some cases it would be someone like, uh, they'd be like, oh, I want to look like this guy. Everyone, by the way, uh, would all, and maybe it was just the people I worked with, but they would always mention Brad Pitt. Yeah, um, that's completely fair. I think if you're a, <laughs> if you're a white dude who's like, I want to look amazing. Well, here's a guy I kind of want to look like. And like he wears the shit out of clothes, too. Like Chris Evans and Chris yeah. Hemsworth. Those guys are all hot, but they don't wear the shit out of clothes like Brad does. Like Brad will make a big he'll make a big swing. He'll take a big yeah. swing on a shirt. Oh, oh he's so hot. That's <laughs> yeah, <no>, true. <laughs> uh, on a side note, the Internet like broke last year when Brad Pitt was volunteering at some like covid relief, like food pantry thing and he was wearing a a flannel and like a white shirt and like ripped jeans and you know it's funny because everyone was talking about it online but no one was actually talking about like what he did people were just like well someone id this shirt what's this shirt and it's like well yo like 
dude was like doing some charity work and like yeah, right. going out helping. Why don't we talk we, about we that We all first? missed it. We all missed the important thing. Everyone was like, where do you get those jeans? Oh, shit, his hair looks good. Whoa, someone's pretty strong considering what's going on with Aniston in her life right now. You know what I mean? Like, we're all, the, and it's like, we're ignoring the fact that it's like, this millionaire is helping people. Like, maybe we can all take that cue from him rather than going out and purchasing a $250 t-shirt. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, but like when working with folks, a lot of times they, if it was like for press stuff, cause it's like, they get to wear whatever they want. It would be, there'd be a mix of, if you're a really good stylist, which I was not, um, you have <laughs> tons of relationships with brands. And so brands will be like, Hey, you can, you know, come and come and take stuff from our showroom and wear it. Oh, and right. So you're you like, I'm dressing Anthony Mackie for the Falcon and yes. Winter Soldier tour. It's like, Anthony really likes this leather jacket. You reach out to the company and you're like, hey, I'm, uh, you know, Anthony would like to wear your jackets. Like, so if, if you're like that, let, like you can facilitate a little bit of free, free, like the, yes. the, uh, the live version of tagging. Like, can you wear this on, uh, Conan when you do Conan perfect and then like we can like have that in our repertoire we could see like our leather jackets on Conan or whatever yeah yeah exactly and so like you would go and you'd, you'd pull things and then sometimes you'd have to buy it which is always like bad because if you're a stylist for the most part sometimes you work on retainer basis and you'll get like x amount a month and then other times you but like most times you're not really taking money directly from the talent you're taking it from the project that they're associated with if that makes sense. Right? right, right. You're getting hired by the press tour or whatever. Yeah, so like less, Disney yeah. or whatever. And like, you know, certain studios are notorious for not paying a whole lot. Like, I don't know, but like at the time when I was doing stuff, HBO was like, nah, man, we, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not ponying up for anything. <laughs> They're like, no, people just like our shows. No one cares exactly. what we're They're wearing. Like, You're no good. One, we don't need we, advertising. We're just yeah, fucking. Like we uh, made the Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, that, like that's all we need. You should be honored to fucking put a jacket on, big pussy. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it'd be like stuff like that, and then. But what's cool is you'd get to kind of figure out like what they like, and then it allowed, at least for me, it allowed me to go and explore things that I didn't know I liked at the time, but they liked a bunch. So I, you know, I'd worked with some dude, and he was all into you know, this brand called like Tom and Ya and like, you know, all these different Rick Owens things. And in a way, like they actually influenced my style at the time. Cause I was like, oh, he's super into this and I can go and I'm shopping at this place and getting stuff and the brand liked him. And so then, you know, now I'm kind of dressing like it. And so like I'd wear and you'd be like, oh, that's really cool. Like, is that for me? Or is that, you know, there was at one time where I was doing a fitting and he's like, I really like that shirt. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is cool. And he'd be like, so can I have it? And I was like, oh, my God, this is awkward. And I'm like, yeah. So I just like <laughs> traded shirts with him and left the shirt I had on. I've never told this story before. And left the shirt that I wore there and gave it to him. And I never got it back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like from the stylist files of like, uh, I'm sure you can get a few professional dressers and be like, same shit. Same shit happened. I gave my underwear to fucking Margot Kidder and I never saw him again. Yeah, I, had to, exactly. I had to free ball it uh, backstage at the Emmys or whatever. Like that's, that's really fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I like that. Oh, that's your, that's in my car. That's just like, I'm just showing you the, the okay. You're like, 
wait, those are my CDs, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this so is sick. Can I have it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a celebrity, so I'm uncomfortable with you telling me no. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I usually just get yeses about bullshit like this. So how do you feel? <laughs> like, all right, fine, fuck, yes. But like uh, the real stylists, the ones that I think a lot of people know the most about is like people like Carla Welch, who she you know works with Justin Bieber and a tons of folks. And Alaria Urbanati, Alaria, um, she's been on my pod and stuff a bunch of times, but she's she now works with like The Rock, but she did like Donald Glover and uh, Ryan Reynolds and like Hell any, yeah, yeah uh, Rami Malek, uh, like anyone in that world that's like cool A-list dude, uh, she dresses. And she has like a factory style, massive like showroom thing with tons of racks of clothes and brands will send her things for people to like, because once when you're working with people like The Rock, like everyone wants, you know, their the clothes rock. on. They're like, uh, <laughs> I think we're gonna have to start making, you know, size yeah. fifty and sixty six L uh, shoulders yeah. because the Rock 8X. wants to wear. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he he he's been he's like a a dude I follow that I've Love loved, I've hated, I've have I've had this. Uh, tumultuous relationship with him i i still love him as a personality he doesn't really to me add any value to movies but i do like him (laughs) i like anyone else could act in his roles in the movies and i'd be as blasé towards the movie but him personally i really enjoy and i really enjoy yeah but his instagram is so his instagram is more fun than any of his movies it's like Uh, We talk about this way too much on Action Boys, but it's always like, I'm about to eat this huge tray of sushi because Skyline 2 just crossed the, you know, it's like, he's always so thrilled. He's like, Red Notice, new Netflix, highest paid script. We're celebrating with some Terramana, brother. Uh, (laughs) That's the one thing that bummed me out because he's so into like hawking his tequila and energy juice. By the way, his energy drink is like kind of Zoa? (laughs) Zoa? Yeah, Yeah, not a fan. Dwayne, if you're listening... You know, hit hit me. Let's work on that formula. <laughs> he had uh, he had a picture of himself on a private jet in a tailored suit. His the tailor on his leg, the leg of his suit was like so fucking drastic. It was ins- I mean, it had to be in order for it to be like super tapered at his ankle. It literally like the pant material, like the idea of who had to c- cut that and sew it. It was like the. P- it was like 26 inches around at the calf down to eight inches around. Like it's truly oh like, God. Yeah, jom- you're right. like jumpers, like uh, Aladdin pants, but it worked on him <laughs> and it looks, but you imagine it's got to go from like a 36 inch quad all the way down to like that cool tapered leg angle. And it's like, because he, but uh, now I'm saying like three things at once. So I roast him for the weird cut on his pants, but he did pull it off. But one thing that Instagram has done that uh, kind of what we were talking about, like the democratization of all this and like, you know, guy, like we're talking about guys like Pally get, now we see people that represent us getting into fashion more. So it's not just like movie stars in GQ. Now it's like your, your friend is just tagging herself in a fashion Nova outfit on Instagram. And you're yeah. like, Oh, that shit is cool. And you look cool doing that. And I think the blowing up of it, the democratization of it too, especially for people of different sizes has yeah. been really cool to see like big dudes dressing well, uh, bigger women dressing it like, cause it used to be like this company doesn't even make clothes in your size. And, yeah, I mean, it, like- it, it still is for a lot of companies, but yeah, there are true. also other companies that are like, you know who has money? 
people of size and they want to buy clothes too. You know what I mean? Like you're just like leaving money on the table if you're not making triple X's in America, especially. We're all we're growing. We're the country is growing. No shame. I'm not saying what's good and what's bad, but we yeah. are objectively growing as a country. Like, so it's okay. Like fashion brands make the biggest, and then you know you're like so-and-so cares about the way they look on the red carpet and you see like this big dude in a suit and you're like, fuck, that's the move. You know, you see the rock who's got an insane body type in a different direction, but you see him pulling off fashion. That isn't exclusively under armor performance wear. You know what I mean? Like with with the horns on it. (laughs) Yeah. The Brahma bull, the people's, the people's spandex. Um, But I, I find like that has been really thrilling in that, like, like I feel like I can find plus size vintage beachwear, which is like, like style. At least not they didn't make my size vintage beachwear in the seventies, but the idea, the the style of that exists now, and that's like a niche style. Yeah, but that is there because niches are the answer now. Like in the huge fracturing of the way a society works and like siloing, like we fracture everything. It's like now. There's streaming shows about like the most niche topic because it has such pop culture pierceability that it's like we need to get 10,000 people to buy this shirt. And it's like, well, there are definitely people who have this very specific niche and we're going to and we're going to fill it. And that there's like a market for that now rather than trying to guess what the mass get like this is going to go global. Instead, it's like, well, if we make this is a market that no one's touching and then all of a sudden it hits. And that's been that's been really cool for me to see like, you know, people pulling in. And from cool celebrities, fashion people, all the way down to like your friend from high school who's tagging his cool new jacket in his fucking post because we all just copy celebrities. Like, yeah, you know, like true. the most normie shit. Ever. Like, my mother in law like tags like uh, the wine she's drinking. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> You have 185 followers and are a private account. Like, I don't even tag the wine I'm drinking, and I have 70,000. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's just the environment now, but I like it because then I go, ooh, that red wine does sound good. Now I have, like, you know, I like the the shopping element. I like the IMDb trivia of a photo where you're like, oh, Jeremy looks cool there. Oh, he tagged the jacket company. Click. Oh, sick. Yeah. Let me see what else they have. Yeah. I see, love- that's easy. You're, you're referring also. to the famous, what everyone calls now the fit pick, which is, yes, there it's you go. got an official name now. The fit. <laughs> yeah. Pick. Yeah. yeah. You just, you take a fit pick and you know, you, you, you throw up whatever, whatever you're wearing. Sometimes you'll throw some tags on it. Sometimes if there is no tag, you're like, there's no tag because it doesn't exist because my yeah, shit's who, all one of one. Good luck finding <laughs> this shit. Yeah, this, uh, yeah. I love when people are like tagging everything and they're like shirt my own goodwill find. You know, like and <laughs> and you couldn't even match this exact outfit if you wanted to, assholes. Yes, like, yes, you could buy everything in this, but not this one piece that I've added so that I'm not fully uh, shoppable. I yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> and like I think so. Like uh, John Caramonica, uh, New York Times is like he. He has talked a ton about like merch culture, merch culture too, which has been, you know, people wearing like band shirts and also like, you know, like taking people like uh, like the ASAP mob, like the rappers and all those other people and also turning those people into like larger like fashion icons, you know? Yes. And, and I like that's Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's also been super cool to see, especially where it's like traditionally again, like fashion was like super like white dominated classes kind of bullshit and now you have you know 
I, I was saying obviously nothing's perfect, but it's far better than what it's ever been. So. Yeah, I would say, uh, like most things, uh, white people are no longer the tastemakers in that in <laughs> the God. fashion world. Thank God we they, we not me, but they us white people in general have had it for. Several hundred years here, <laughs> like it's time to <laughs> pass it on. And you know, we did some bad fashion shit as well. So it's like, yeah. uh, not to mention bad cultural shit, bad <laughs> interpersonal shit, but we've also done some bad fashion shit. So let's yeah. fucking open it up. Let's let some other people get in there. Let's let's see that shit. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Big Bud Press, by the way, which I feel like is the LA brand that has, uh, you know, and they may they may be disappointed for me explaining them this way, but it's like imagine. The original concept of American Apparel, but like not fucked up in any way at all. Yeah, and like, but the like four opposite. people. Yeah, yeah four people. <laughs> real, you know, all, for real people. Yeah, yeah. No, no, like sexual abuse in uh, photo. <laughs> yeah, no, no visible upsetting imagery of young women in like warehouses and shit. No Terry yeah. Richardson. Yeah, we kept, we kept kept it safe over there. Uh, I love Big Bud Press, and not just because they have uh, hot plus size models, uh, which usually works for old man Gabrus. But I like the <laughs> shit that I like the shit that they make over there. Yeah, it's see, awesome. and they're yeah. they're crushing it. And you got people like Phoebe Bridgers wearing Big Bud Press, and then you got you know it's ev- everyone. Uh, my my wife is obsessed with oh, with so uh, cool. BBP, so you know. You, you were it. you were saying like we- people wearing bands and people wearing stuff like you know like. Uh, represent like oh I got this cool Metallica shirt. I, oh there, yeah, there's like a big move into people wearing stuff of like cool imagery. And now I get this because when I was in like high school and early college, it was fun to get like an esoteric T-shirt yeah. from the Goodwill or something like that or Salvation Army, something that was like I danced to the music at Jeremy's <laughs> Barn Mitzvah or some shit like that. Actual yeah. shirt a friend had, um, but like you. you buy you get buy that shirt and you're like haha, and people are like oh. Did you did you go to that? You're like, no, it's funny, right? And then like na- <laughs> nowadays, some 23 year old kid will have like a Misfits t shirt on, and you'll be like, right? oh, the Misfits. You listen? They'd be like, no. And I'm like, you asshole. And then I'm like, wait, no, that's exactly what I did. Like, <laughs> you can wear a football jersey and not play football. Why can't you wear the Misfits jersey, a Misfits shirt, and not know them? It's completely Touché. fine. When people are like, it's a cool shirt. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I guess. <laughs> like, and you're kind of trolling me, an older person, at the same time. Win win. You got me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, again, because of things like Instagram, you had like stuff like Procell. Um, so Brian Procell, who runs an incredible vintage. Uh, like more like kind of like 90s culture stuff in New York. You have Brian Davis of Wooden Sleepers who does a lot of like Americana uh, and, you know, classic stuff like L.L. Bean and like dope old flannels and stuff. But like the Procell stuff, I remember he blew up because when Drake had his deal with Apple, he wore like an original old school like Apple computer leather jacket thing like a uh, like a stadium sort of jacket like coach's jacket looking thing and he bought it from Procell and I think he like tagged or like you know gave like a shout out to Procell on there and he blew up and then Rihanna's buying you know Madonna shirts from him and all that and it's like that stuff's dope but like for me catch me like on eBay looking for like Matchbox 20 shirts yeah yeah yeah, yeah don't and, and, and getting them for under 50 bucks I'm yeah assuming. yeah I'm, I'm just like oh Yanni at the Acropolis don't mind Hell if yeah. I do Hell yeah <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, you just roll up with like a fucking rack of uh, old 90s uh, band shirts for your cl- next client. And they're like, I'm sorry. What do you want? Where, where do you think? I, you think I'm a roadie for someone here? Like, we'll do it. Ben Schwartz honey, goes man. to some. Yeah. Ben Schwartz goes to some dude who like has super crazy vintage like Paul Simon and Bart Simpson shirts and whatever. And he, he was on the pod and we talked about it and he never gave me the dude's name. And he was like, yeah, he's like, the dude's oh, like awesome. crazy money now. Um, but there's there's a bunch of LA dudes who will find, you know, a bunch of cool vintage, vintage shirts, especially like, because everything got more mass produced, I feel like in the 90s with like pop culture, you know, people wearing uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shirts and then you know, right. a band shirt and then a gas station shirt because it also became easier to make merch at that time. Right. So there right. you go. <laughs> yeah. Merch. Co- and now like people are make going back to what I was talking about, like the fractured siloing. Like, yeah, it's, it, it's very, it's like f- the world is like fandom oriented now. Like, are you a, like in America, it's like, are you a Biden fan or a Trump fan? It's yeah. not even like, it's not even like, what do you believe in? It's like, who, what politician are you a huge fan of? What podcast do you listen to? What clothing brands do you wear? And like, it's a way that we all demonstrate our identity constantly. And like, I think that's why speaking as someone who is, you know, has a Patreon. So I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but it's like, Oh, you're you listen to Action Boys? Oh, I'm a Shadow Wolf. Oh, you that's that yeah. means you that means you're more of a fan than I like there's like performative fandom which where a lot of us are benefiting from, but I do think that's where merch comes into play too a little bit because now you're like I love Travis Scott and now he's got clo- you know what I mean? Like now I'm going to start wearing his stuff. It's like another way to be like an artist, uh talent, whatever you want to call it. Everyone like George Clooney is one of the most successful actors of our time, but he didn't get fucking rich until he made tequila. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like like everybody's got the other. It's like, I hope this T-shirt catches. Like Hollywood is so fucked now where you're like, I hope I could parlay my celebrity into helping sell a board game. You know what I mean? Like, it's all like I need something else to get me. Like, so the idea that we're all like becoming these merch brands, like I sell shirts that I that aren't just like I'm a fan of John Gabris that I think are cool. Like so many people are doing more and more shit like that, where it's like we're doing limited drops of fucking podcast gear and shit like that there you go it's like the um blending of like every of every world that we're coming in. it's like oh bro i hope i get the new joe rogan fucking combat boots that are dropping <laughs> the you know? combat boots yeah <laughs> the anti-vaxxer yeah, yeah. <laughs> signed by the inventor of hydrochloroquine you're gonna fucking love it it's like yeah. oh, okay <laughs> i mean i've seen people here wearing like Gino the intern shirts, which I don't even know is like an official comedy bang bang thing. <laughs> right. But like <laughs> I'm just it's like, so, okay. It's so it's so real. It's such a cool it's such a cool thing. It's such a scary thing, but it is really like you can like look to Rivers Cuomo for ideas on everything. Like you, if you have someone that you like, that you like, you like their music, their writing, their performance, whatever, you can almost like emulate them because of the ubiquitous of social media and how much ubiquity of social media and how much we're uh, expressing ourselves constantly. You could be like, I'm a, if you, if you like the rock and you want to emulate the rock, he is giving you 11 posts a day that kind of let you like, you can yeah. fully emulate the guy. Like, like if you, if this person, if you like this person for whatever, uh, 
just use Chris Evans or someone. You love Chris Evans. Chris Evans is going to post about his favorite beer at some point. He's going to post about his favorite movie. He's going to post about his favorite place to go get steak or whatever. You know, like everyone does that shit. And you could just be like, oh, shit. Uh, this this is how I know I'm a fucking like D-list celebrity and people will DM me on a podcast and be like what was that sandwich place you were talking about like six episodes and I'm like what first of all just hit the back 15 seconds thing and write it down yourself because <laughs> I don't remember but secondly it's like really you need me a guy who you overheard on a podcast to recommend sandwiches and then they're like but you're a fan of sandwiches and I trust your taste and other and all of a sudden you're like Okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And like, I, I, I guess I'm gonna text Mindy Kaling and say, "Where's your favorite LA pizza place?" You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> but like, what you're speaking at too is something that I think is probably it feels like it's it's more current these days because now it's all about access, right? And like, because people have heard you in their ears for a fucking decade, you know what I mean? Like talking about all sorts of stuff, they feel like they're super close to you and know you. Oh and, yeah, that's that talk. That's like Fisher King talk radio shit. When someone's just in your mind, that's yeah. why Joe Rogan's fans are so insanely loyal because they get six hours of him being the smartest person in the room by default. Uh, <laughs> uh, they get six hours of him being the smartest person in the room directly into their brain. Yeah, like that's and so I mean, I imagine people are like, "Yo, I'm gonna DM Gabrus. I wonder if he's gonna respond and tell me what sandwich to eat because it's not even about the sandwich. It's about you being like, "Yeah, man, salami only, lol," you know, or something like <laughs> yeah, that. <right. laughs> Thank dude, you. Dude, you responded. Dude, <laughs> you responded. <laughs> Told you you'd respond, bro. I got this sandwich idea from Gabrus. It's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> I mean, like, do you ever have people like coming up to you all, like off the street or whatever, like phones out, being like, "Yo, what up?" I, I get that sometimes. It it, it depends. Uh, I I do it to myself a little bit by being, you know, cartoonishly recognizable, like in the aforementioned like Macho Man glasses and like Hawaiian shirts and shit. It's like I I I look away that I look a certain way that if you didn't know who I was, you people do say like, "Are you famous?" Like you know, they like look at me like you're dressed like an asshole. You must be somebody important. It's like, oh no, man, I'm just confident. not at all, man. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> nope, just been living at home for a year and a half, unchecked by society in my clothes shopping. So yeah. that's and now I'm out like a kid on the first day of school wearing every single new article of clothing I have. That's yeah, true. I got my new backpack, hat, sunglasses, shirt, and shorts because I've racked up this entire fucking collection. Haven't had a chance to rock it. That <laughs> always, The second you have more than one new item on is when you feel like a little kid going to school, right? Like oh, it's, it's just so like, fucking great. Shit, my sneakers are dope. My pants are clean. Like everything is new and you're like, oh, I feel crazy. It feels It feels so indulgent to have all new shit on. Yeah, I am I'm not a like crazy consumerist, but I definitely admit that I'm my vice is some form of retail therapy. Uh Oh, hell yeah. It's I, it's bad. No, it's fucking it's wildly relatable. <laughs> like do not cuz I'm like, well, at least at least I'm not doing drugs. At least and I'm like, no, I'm still going nuts spending stupid amounts of money on things I don't really need. <laughs> uh well, what what are what are clothes? What factor do clothes play in your life now? Does men's fashion play in your life now? What level of it? Like, you know, uh, are you still like seeking out certain things for yourself? Have you, like has your style adapted? Like, has your relationship with fashion adapted? You know, after after being in the game, as they say. Uh, I would say, like for me, like because like when I 
was getting more and more into fashion, I just wanted to talk to people about it all day. And so started the pod. And that kind of like has, you know, kind of been like a slow and steady grind. But like one of the things that I think I realized from where I am now, like in my late 30s, you know, with a bunch of experience in the industry and, and knowing a lot of other people who are far more successful than I'll ever be, is where I'm like, oh, like, for me, my journey of like learning who I was or learning who I am has been more through fashion. And it's really been because like fashion is a way to like, you know, create some sort of identity, right? So there's been various times in my life. And if you find like Google pictures of me, there's all these different times where it's like, wow, I'm like the all black wearing a skirt, the, you know, weird leather jackets, the tiny Tom Brown suits, like all of these things I would throw myself into to kind of have figure out like, am I this person? And if I'm going to do it, I got to go whole hog and trying on images. Yeah. Yeah, Like you're like fully like, Oh, this, maybe this is my vibe. And then you like put it on and you're like, eh, maybe not. Or maybe it's a little bit, I like the idea of this collar on me, but not, and like hunting that way helped you. Yeah, Yeah. I think it kind of helped me figure out like how to be more comfortable with myself and all the weird, like, you know, not like I'm some like walking case, but like all the other dark demons and whatever in my life. And it's like, okay, if I can, if I can be confident in this and figure this out, then like I can handle, you know, family issues and like job security and like validity and whether or not, you know, like, so the, the joke, and I talked to a couple of people about this. It's like, take a fit pic of yourself every day, whether you post it is up to you, but like document that. And you can kind of like see how your confidence changes because you're, you're, you want to look good. And if, if you have something to look forward to, you know, like it's, I mean, it's a whole, like, look back to school is like the best example of that because everyone wants to be like, look, I'm good. I'm confident. I got these cool clothes. I'm wearing it. Like your clothes. This is who I am in eighth grade. Yeah. You're like, you don't, Gabriel's from seventh grade. He's toast. Gabriel's from eighth grade. He's got air walks. Okay. We're not, yeah, we're not wearing this bullshit. Spalding knockoff Reebok pumps that Joanne Gabriel's bought us for seventh grade, eighth grade. We got air walks. We got a new Stussy hat to wear to school oh, every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Living the fuck. You got a hemp necklace. Like that shit. Stussy being around still is one of the coolest things in my life. That was like the first brand I wanted as a kid. Like the first brand I knew I wanted. When I, I mean, when I was younger, I wanted uh, starter jackets. That was like kind of mm. culturally a thing. Like that was the first. I wanted that jacket, but in my mind. What team? I wanted New York Giants, of course. Although the cool ones were Charlotte Hornets and Vegas and, and right? uh, Los Angeles Raiders. They had the coolest ones because it was like black and silver or the teal. So many in the mid nineties. I guess also sh- the Hornets were new in like the yeah, 90s, the Hornets right? were new. So but you also they, had like Morning and Muggsy yeah, and all LJ, that. Yeah, they, yeah. They, had, they had gassed fucking everyone in my Long Island school had a Charlotte Hornets starter jacket because it was a B with the basketball or it was a Hornet with the basketball. Yeah, it was cool ass fucking logo. It was cool colors. It was a new team. Like you felt great. I got like a Giants Apex jacket. Now, while we're talking brands, if all you want in life is a starter jacket and your fucking family gets you the knockoff Apex jacket, Mm. which is the one that Ray Henley, who is the worst Giants coach of all time, well, so far, you know, <laughs> things are not looking up overall right now. Yeah, I was going to say, it's pretty rough. <laughs> my uncles would be like, you're wearing the Ray Henley jacket, Jesus fucking Christ, or whatever, and be like, Mom, you fucked me. I'm never going to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, fast forward to eighth grade. Stussy, I'm a little, I'm a little skater in seventh and mm. eighth grade, a little skateboard kid. I love, I'm a beach bum. I, I love my rusty, my Quicksilver, my Billabong. Oh, yeah. I'm wearing all that still. And then I find fucking Stussy, and I'm like, oh, Stussy is cool. And like, they're, they're, it goes further than just teach, like, it's not like surf wear exactly at the time. It's not skate wear exactly at the time. It's like, and I got a Stussy hat and I was like, I fucking love this. I got Stussy. like, as I was adding Stussy gear, I'm like, this brand is cool. I feel cool when I wear it. And that was the first foray I had into like, and the fact that it was actually cool at the time. So for once in my life, I was on the right side. The of stars the aligned. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but it's one that's still around. Like my, my barber is like, 20 years younger than me, 15 years younger than me. And he's like a skateboard, skateboarder, cool kid, all hype beast clothes. Like, you know, he just knows what he's doing. And I just like, I'm like his uncle who comes by for a haircut. And I'm just like, (laughs) Stussy, I used to wear Stussy. You know, it's like, oh, like, it's just so funny to see this shit is still strong. Like this, of all the, like all the brands from when I was a kid are still making clothes. Like I just, I bought shit off Billabong when I had a little money. I was like, let me search Billabong, see what kind of clothes they have still. And I was like, oh shit, I would wear that. Oh shit. Let me try that. (laughs) (laughs) Buy a fucking Billabong at 40. Like that's crazy. If you asked me when I was 13, I probably would say, yeah, I'm going to wear Billabong forever. And then I would, I, I didn't, but now I'm back right where I fucking started. There you go. I mean, and, and I'm again, the most comfortable in fashion I've ever been. And it's just all a fucking going back to seventh, eighth grade little beach boy. I think like that's that's the perfect, you know, explanation right there is because like in a lot of ways, look, you could still like, you know, chase the dream of whatever, like, oh, one day I'm going to own this thing. But uh, I mean, I've had, you know, little minor successes in my life and I've gotten the thing I thought I wanted and you get it and you're like. It's fucking stupid. What am I? Yeah, doing? I don't need this. I don't do this. <laughs> like, I remember I wanted a bespoke suit, and I wanted to get it from you know this amazing Italian tailor, and 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 the whole experience was just like sexualized and, and incredible, and this you know this almost this like rite of passage of of adulthood. And I went and I got to do it. And now I'll be honest, I got to do it because I was like working more in the industry, but like it was not what I thought. And I realized, oh, it's like I just put this on this like pedestal. Right, and, right. And right. now, you know, I'll be honest, it sits in my closet. And now it's it's like a baseball card. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. You yeah. know, my wife's oh, like, you're going to get I, rid of it? You're like, nope. <laughs> no, it doesn't fit. I have like a leather jacket. I bought it at uh, a thrift store that was is just it's like burgundy red Ooh. leather. It's maybe a woman's jacket uh, based on its cut. When I was a young, smaller man, it looked like the Tyler Durden Fight Club jacket. Yes. And so it meant it meant everything to me. I still have it. I can't get like my forearm in the sleeve, but it will never leave my closet. And I've had it since like ninth grade, and I will never, maybe like eleventh tw- grade. And I, it does not, it hasn't fit me in fifteen years, and I will never let it go. Did <laughs> you will- ever wear it at Magnet? I might have. I might have worn it back in the day. Like I might have pulled it off. Uh I definitely I, I could pull up maybe I'll <laughs> when this episode comes out, I'll pull up some shot because I used to wear it with like the collar up and oh, shit. Oh hell yeah. Too. You got I was like such a fucking problem in the early two thousands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be- before we get out of here, I want to talk about one more thing that Please. uh in the fashion world that I know you're into and that I am completely out of. Watches. Wrist watches. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a that's a that's a 
That's always been a big part of men's fashion, uh, I feel like. And it's a huge part of like <laughs> sports and music now, too, like getting cool watches for men. I, I, that's yeah. a, it's a very male-centric well, it's, thing. It's and just, a lot of it women was like have the only bomb, yeah, acceptable only jewelry. jewelry. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's really what it was. And it was if you're in New York, you can't try to flex like you would in L.A. with your car. So you got to flex with what you have on your wrist. Right, right. You can't flex with your Metro card. You're like, yeah, I got that Metro card black plastic. <laughs> Swim, yeah. <you> know? <laughs> uh, but I mean, watches are kind of the similar thing. Like for me, I got really into watches, um, I guess like the like early 2000s, just because, um, you know, thanks to good old advertising, like I associated, I was like, oh, it's like you know, I'll, I'll have made it once I can get like a Rolex or once I can get this, but I discovered Seiko's, which at the time, I think a lot of people had kind of like written off as like the airport watch, (laughs) but they were super cool when I got to learn about them more because, you know, they, the movements were made by them. Like basically anything Japanese is always going to be better because it, it's just like Japanese culture's commitment to excellence in manufacturing is just like unbelievable. Um, and so I got into that and like watch nerds loved it. And it was kind of like this, if you know, you know, sort of thing. And I could get it easily. So you could get cool custom Seikos for like a few hundred bucks. And that, you know, but what's really cool is with watches over time, thanks to hype and the internet, you had a friend of mine, his name is Ben Clymer. He had started a website at the time. He, there was no watch blog, like at all and then he started one called Hadinki, which is now worth like hundreds of millions of dollars and like tom brady's an investor and shit like (laughs) (laughs) good for him (laughs) yeah he's 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 doing good god bless him but um you know then he was buying watches and talking about these watches and like the value of them was also going up and so you know i remember like at least for me i had some like tough financial times in my life and i had a couple watches and they were worth more than what I paid for them. And I was able to like use them to kind of, you know, save my ass or keep doing the podcast or whatever it was at the time. And that's always been like, you know, it, and it brings me back in, you know? Yeah, it's like, having, so- it's like having gold bars in your, like, you're like, I bought them because they look cool, but it's time to bust one open and keep my apartment for another year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so that was something that I kind of just fell into more and more and more. And then also at the time, like in like the whole styling, whatever game, there wasn't really anyone who was like in that world, but also like super close and writing about watches. So I was like writing for Esquire about watches and a few other things. And so like I had these watch companies messaging me and being like, yo, can you put, you know, this watch on this person, whatever. And then you're like, oh, you think there's a lot of money in the clothes world. There's a disgusting amount of money in the jewelry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's not like I was like, you know, backdoor in favors or anything, but like you just got to see kind of the weird underbelly of it. And so I've always been kind of a little bit on a mission to like reclaim that, especially because at the end of the day, you know, the everyone wants to be loved and heard and accepted. Right. And so you know, I always try to tell people like, you don't need the watch. You don't need the clothes. You're good as you are. Find what you like. And like, that's good enough. And with watches there, you know, this watch actually on my desk is, uh, was like, you know, 200 bucks. It's like an old vintage Tudor from the fifties. It's, it was made by Rolex at the time. And, and, you know, uh, it was dope and I got it and it was a fun watch. And it's still like, you know, again, like these little like tokens and memories 
in my right, life. Right, right. Yeah, that's, so, that's really... I've never been a jewelry person. I forget to put my wedding ring on most days. Yeah, uh, I, I put mine on for this recording. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget. My wife is... We, we went away for my 10-year anniversary, and I forgot it. And she was like, you didn't bring your ring on your... Well, I'm like, when I'm with you, you know I'm married. Like, I don't... Like, it makes more sense to, to wear <laughs> yeah. elsewhere. But still, I also forget it there. Uh, the... That's... But the watches I've always, the two only two watches I've ever really worn in my entire life were like the freestyle, like, uh, remember those with like the Mako shark? It had like the oh, yeah. fabric band that like clipped like a seatbelt. Uh, those, that watch. And then later on, I had a white G Shock in college that I loved. You want this one? I'll literally send it to you. <laughs> oh, fuck. On, on cue, Jeremy pulls out a white G-Shock. Check this Holy one out. Holy shit. It's a NASA one. Oh, that's fucking sick, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. You can edit this part out, but I'll literally send it to you. It's got your name on it. I'll send it to you after we're done. Oh, please. I'm going to leave that in. Let everyone know how fucking generous and cool yeah. you are. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, that's really because the watches I – now I was like – my, a friends of mine, who, I'm 40, so a lot of my friends are finally making money, and a lot of my Hollywood friends are making a lot of money, and they're <laughs> everyone's getting some watches. You know, like that's something a lot of 40 year old men are doing. Of like, trying to, I think I'm getting, and like, you know, talking about these watches that are range and are more expensive than any car I've bought, purchased. And yeah, you can go nuts by on design of how cheap the cars I've purchased are. I'm, <laughs> I'm still in the five, only in the four and five figures, still beats most of my uh, cars I had in my life, but. Uh, I fucking loved, uh, like I love the sort of tactical adjacent watches like, uh, Keanu Reeves watch. And of course I'm going to just pull everything from movies like Keanu's watch in speed. I fucking oh, love yeah. that's like a Casio G-Shock kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I love the Navy seal Submariner Rolex. Uh, like I like the simple plain one, but I just wanted to make sure I had the name right. So I Googled Navy seal Submariner watch and, the pictures that came up, the one I'm thinking of is like black band, black. And the, the ones that came up are like $26,000 and they're fucking elaborate and crazy. And I'm like, whoa, or $12,000 is the one I saw. Okay. I was going to say, cause the, the one, the original, like, like, uh, they're called mill subs and they're military subs. And those are a couple hundred K now there is, and they were made for, uh, I think like the British Army, I, I believe at the time. Uh, Jesus, but yeah. So like <laughs> they all have, um, they all have like a like a special. And first off, like the hands are like sword hands, and then there's a like a giant sort of like T on the on the dial, and also the the bezel, the the like hash marks go all the way around versus like your standard sub will only go to from zero to to fifteen, and so all the like ticks on the bezel go all the way around. Oh, and those are fun. those are nuts. And like if if you find a mill sub, chances are um yeah, I mean that's a couple hundred grand. Oh man, that's fucking You off. got good taste. Way to go. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm looking up mill sub now. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a hell of a watch. Uh, I was like uh, thinking like, oh yeah, I like this dumb like uh old military watch. Someday I'll get that. Oh, never mind. It's a huge collector's eye. Oh, of course, attached because I think there, Rolex made those back there's in the day. Ton, yeah, I was going to say, there's tons of other amazing military watches out there that are that are great that you can get. Um, especially, yeah. honestly, old Seikos. Like this this one Seiko uh, is, people call it a Pogue, a Pogue because the astronaut Pogue wore it in space. And it was <laughs> like, you know, like any any watch still to this day that ever went to outer space, people like 
think it's the best thing ever. And it's like, I mean, no one just, even knows if it worked there. Well, right, right. <laughs> but it is like, you know, because people are like, waterproof down to a thousand meters. And it's like, who's that deep? And then it's like, this watch went to space. Again, something I'll never do, but better have a watch that could handle that. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. like something that feels like, like those commercials for trucks where it's like towing 70,000 pounds. It's like, who's, there's probably a handful of people who actually need that stat and a plethora of people that throw that stat out there. Yeah, I could tow about 70 G's if I had to. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, but you're an Uber driver. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you Drop always want to go overkill with the, with whatever's on the wrist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, Jeremy, I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me on High and Mighty about fucking men's fashion. I learned a lot. I'm going to be doing some watch hunting after this, and uh, I'm going to be keeping my eyes open. I'm going to keep your eyes open for my, I'm launching a fucking, uh, I'm going to launch a clothing brand. <laughs> you heard it do here it. first. I'll say, I'll say the money. name after we stop recording, but I do have a name idea for a, uh, for a clothing line and, and, a, and a style, an idea for a, a, an image. Uh, I've, I've got it figured out. Long story short. But. All right. Well, catch me at the front of the line. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so Jeremy, you, you have a podcast where you interview people and, uh, about fashion and are good at it. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I mean, for me, the, the joke of it, cause when I started it, people were like, why would you have an audio show about clothes because clothes are visual and i'm like no 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 like no one cares about the clothes people care about the people <laughs> and they're like oh <laughs> so like go. yeah that's the whole gist of of my show um yeah i mean it's you can find it anywhere if you just search blamo we don't make clothes but we've done merch um there's a oh, la toy open up company. <laughs> whatever uh you're listening to this uh episode in right now and just subscribe eventually get to listening to it but at minimum subscribe right now that's yeah there you go zero lift thing that will weirdly help any podcast so just do it and maybe never listen who fucking cares but i highly recommend listening you get great it gets great guests and people are uh forthcoming as fuck on the show it's it's, there you go it's really enjoyable all right hell yeah the blammo podcast get it wherever (laughs) fuck guys come on (laughs) (laughs) but thank you thank you so much for having me it was uh it was a pleasure Dude, this was this was a true pleasure for me. I had such fun on your podcast. I'm stoked we got to do it again. I'm on like Halloween hangover and a morning booster shot, and I still had a fucking riot with you. So that's a good sign. I am going to crash right after this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll Uh, see you. Bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. (laughs) It's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. (laughs) Now, somewhere... Somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to, like, see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. (laughs) It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. There's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. 
there's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. What? I don't hate them, but I pity the roommate. Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.